Welcome to the Morning Dove Podcast. I'm so glad that you are here. In this space, I hope to normalize the grief journey while amplifying stories of loss. I believe that listening to each other's stories brings validation, empathy, and an increased understanding of foreign perspectives. By providing a window into the loss community, it is my hope that you will feel seen, heard, and deeply loved. Now on to the episode. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of The Morning Dove. Today I will be chatting with my friend Lauren, who has offered to talk about an area of grief that I think is often overlooked and um, at times can be kind of diminished. Today we'll be talking about pet loss and the grief that we experience when we lose a beloved pet. Now, oftentimes I think we can tend to diminish even our own grief when losing a pet because we feel like, oh, this isn't a person, why am I so sad? I do believe that pets hold a very special place in our hearts and in our families, and when they do pass, it does feel like losing a family member, and there is a process of grief that we all go through when we experience that type of loss. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hey, Allie. How is it going? It's going all right, you know, getting through the day, living through a pandemic. (laughs) No big deal. Yeah, best as I can. I've done it for a year, you know. Yeah, I know. I, um, I don't know if you saw SNL did a sketch that was like, how we're all going to be talking to people after all of this is over mm. and it's just like a bunch of people being super awkward and I'm like yeah, oh yeah that's, that's what we're in for <laughs> I saw a funny tweet about someone saying um that they're going to use that as an excuse to hide their already awkwardness you know oh sorry I haven't talked to people in a while it's like no I've always been this awkward now I just have like a an excuse that's acceptable and so I like that a lot. I, I, I felt that because I've been at the grocery store enough times and I literally talked to um, someone. What was I? Oh, I was buying asparagus and I hate awkward lulls in conversation, but I also hate mm-hmm. small talk. And as someone who has worked in customer service, I'm like, oh, how can I make their day a little better? And for some reason, my mind was like, talk about how fat this asparagus you bought is. <laughs> Because I was literally in awe. I hate skinny asparagus because I like to roast it and it just like gets obliterated in the oven. And, um, you know, I thought someone working at the grocery store would see asparagus and think that was cool. And she was just uh, not entertained. So, yeah. Yeah. Pandemic awkwardness are just my personality. Yeah. I I can relate to that. I think I'm hilarious and only very few. You are. Oh, we are. Yeah, we're very funny people. We're we're super funny. Um, so today I would love to talk about another aspect of grief that I think can get overlooked, but is absolutely valid, and that's the grief of loving of losing a beloved pet. Yes. And I would love to just hear. Um, your story and what made you think of this and uh, and we can go from there. Yeah. So I agree with you. I definitely think pet loss is something that can kind of get glossed over or people assume that you get over it very quickly. Um, And 
when I lost my pet, like that was, you know, far from the truth for me. Um, so when I was about 10 years old, my family decided to get a dog and my parents had kind of hunted around. I think at the time, um, this will age me, but they were looking through the newspaper for ads about <laughs> pets. And um, my parents had never really been like dog people, cat people per se. And actually when I was pretty young, I was afraid of dogs, um, mostly mm -hmm. like big dogs because they were bigger than me. <laughs> and so it was a thing where my parents were like, should we do this? And, uh, and you know, we talked about it as a family and I think I was nervous still, but um, we went and visited some Yorkies and I don't, I'm not sure still how they chose that breed um, besides that, you know, they're cute, they're tiny and they don't shed. So that's nice. Um, but yeah, we ended up picking out a little Yorkie. He was the run of the litter and yeah. Uh, we brought him home and, you know, he did all the typical puppy things where they cry at night and me being 10 years old, I was like, can we just, go? I want to go down there and, you know, hug him. And my mom said, no, it's for his own good. We have to get him adjusted to, you know, being with us. And uh, we named him Tiger, which uh, fun fact, actually, the dog in the Brady Bunch was named Tiger. Uh, oh. That did not <laughs> influence our decision, but I later learned that. Um, and yeah, he, he's a Yorkie. He started out like very dark black and brown. And as he aged, they get the, you know, pretty blonde fur. And we had him for like 16 years. So this was a dog I basically grew up with. Um, and, you know, anytime I came home from school, he was there in the mornings, actually, he would get all riled up and like attack our backpacks before we left. And we never knew if that was him telling us like get out of the house or to not leave. Don't know. Um, but he was definitely attached to my mom, which is I think pretty classic for like family dog of, mm. you know, mom's at home or mom's the one feeding the dog. Um, but he was a very like people loving dog. Um, he didn't totally he wasn't aggressive towards other dogs, but he didn't really vibe with them. <laughs> and if there was a person or a dog, he would definitely go to the person. He was a total lap dog, um, you know, loved to be on the couch with you. We had a running joke of um, that he loved blankets so much. And anytime someone got a blanket, he would be like, ooh, new blanket, I'm gonna go over there. And then someone else brings a blanket, he would literally like move couches to be on the newest blanket. And so, he had a lot of weird quirks about him, um, but he was so funny. Um, and he loved playing with toys. He loved ripping up toys. That was like my joy to buy him the like $1 PetSmart toys and just see him like destroy them. Cause Yorkies, you know, originally were meant to like hunt small rodents and whatever. So he, wow. he was definitely a, like thought he was a big dog in a very little dog body. And um so when he started aging, um, you know, it's one of those, I think anyone who's even, you know, seen your grandparents age or a loved one, it's a very gradual process. You know, it doesn't, it's not like day one where they're a puppy. It's not like the next day, all of a sudden they're old and decrepit. So it doesn't quite hit you that they're, you know, losing some of their faculties. And, um, you know, he stayed... I feel like like a puppy for like 12 years at least um mm -hmm. and it wasn't till 
around that age that he started slowing down. Um, you know, he started kind of going slightly blind. They think, you know, a lot of dogs get cataracts. Um, you know, he was moving slower, um, had probably some like arthritis pain. Um, he definitely started losing his hearing, but he was still like a very happy dog. Um, but the days he started not really playing with his toys was kind of like a trigger for me of like, what's going on here? Because it was before to the point where I could barely get the toy out of the bag and he'd be grabbing it and ripping it up to the point now where I give it to him and he kind of just looks at it and then goes and lays down. And so there were little things like that that would make me kind of sad. Um, but he was still very loving. Um, and then we had some pet, some vet visits where um, they did some blood work and his some sort of liver count came back really elevated. And mm. I couldn't believe that previous tests, you know, looking back, no vet brought this up as an issue. Um, it wasn't until it was like in an extreme zone that someone finally said, oh, yes, yeah, liver, something's wrong with it. And I was so upset because I felt like his health was completely ignored. Um, and I was like, well, this, could this have been prevented? Could we have, you know, changed something in his diet? Could he have taken some medicine? Like, why did it get to this point? Um, and so my mom and I were both kind of upset about that, but we quickly, you know, changed gears of like, okay, what can we do now though, that we're in this position? And we made some changes in his diet. He was on a very specific diet, which was expensive. Um, but you know, it's, when you have a pet, it's kind of, you know, like having a child too, of like, you will do what you can for them and find a way to make it work. And um, he was doing pretty well um, for the next two years, you know, he was still slowing down, um, but he started having a cough too. That was at the time when we first heard it, it made us laugh actually, because it sounded like a cat coughing up a hairball. And oh, we always yeah. thought that Tiger kind of acted like a cat sometimes. I mean, his name is literally a cat. Um, and so we were like, do you have a hairball? Like, what are you doing? And um, he started doing it more and more. And then it wasn't so funny anymore. And you're like, oh, what's going on here? And so, you know, like, do a checkup. And an x-ray shows that there's um, some fluid in his lungs. And we thought, oh, well, that's got to be it. And so we said, what can we do? And um, she said, well, we can drain it, but it'll probably fill back up. And my mom and I were like, well, I mean, if this is uncomfortable for him, like, let's drain it. And yeah, if we have to do it again, like, we'll figure it out and do it. And so one thing that vet I could not believe she said to us that day was, but he might be in pain and we could put him down today if you want. And I I almost lost it being like, excuse me, you think right now I'm just going to hand over my dog when there's something I can do to make him feel better right now. Uh, like, I'm just going to give up on him. So both my mom and I, I think after that, we stopped by Starbucks and we just sat there with him and we're like, I can't believe that it, and yeah. it's that disconnect, you know, vets see so many pets in all stages and it's a good thing that, yeah, they're not emotionally tied to your pet because maybe they couldn't make certain calls, but I was like, we weren't ready at that point to give up for mm -hmm. sure. So um, 
he we brought him in to do um i forget the name of it like an aspiration or something so that basically so they could test draw out the liquid and test it um and that's when we found out it wasn't liquid in his lungs it was a mass so he actually had a giant cancerous mass in his lungs that then was the reason why he was coughing and couldn't breathe as well and so when that hit us we were like oh this isn't as easy to fix as we thought and um we got a second opinion and they told us well you can either let him live out his days or you can start chemotherapy which to us was like what does that even mean for a dog yeah and um surprisingly pets actually tolerate chemo a lot better than people do and like they don't lose their hair like people do um they possibly have some like nausea potentially or grogginess um but yeah the vet kept saying no they tolerate it a lot better and you, you know you take it in a pill form so we had a very rigorous schedule of like giving him pills and i remember i had to put on gloves to do it because you know you didn't want any of the toxicity to transfer to a human Mm. and you know he would he lost control of um his bladder a lot and it was just things where like it's those it's that thing of like when someone or a pet ages it's like they almost revert back to infancy like you see that Mm. happen in a way which is kind of sad and it makes you look at your own um eventual you know kind of your older years of like is this what it's going to be like for me um yeah and it got to a point where we looked at him and realized you know he was doing it the chemo definitely extended his life and we we often had um discussions about how is his quality of life right now does it warrant Mm -hmm. us continuing with the chemo or do we need to make a call? And it, it reached a point one night where I went to go give him a tater tot and cause he loved um, like potatoes and I set it down next to him and he didn't even reach for it. And mm. it was like, it hits you in your gut of like, I know what that means, but I really don't want to admit it. And I brought him over to the couch and I just put all his favorite toys by him and I just laid there with him and um my dad was looking at us and he said hey we need to call your brother um because he lived at the time about maybe like 45 minutes away and uh he came down and we all made that call my dad really was like the the strong uh person we needed at that point to tell us like this is what we have to do because if you had asked me to try to make that call or my mom I don't think we could have which is in a way very selfish um because yeah you don't want to extend any suffering but you also you really don't want to let go and like considering euthanasia it's it's like you want a black and white answer and it's not there and yeah so my dad really helped us make that call and at the time I almost like was angry at him for it. I was like, no, 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 like Mm -hmm. he'll be fine. He just needs to rest and like tomorrow he'll be okay. And, but I knew I couldn't resist it. So we all got in the car and this also solidified in my mind that this is what we needed to do was that usually Tiger was very anxious in the car. And when we brought him in, he just sat on my lap the entire time and didn't move. And part of me was like, 
happy that he would just be there in the moment with me but I also knew like this isn't normal for you (laughs) and so yeah when we got to um the vet and told them like yeah we're here to euthanize our dog like I I sat there and was just like you know it's like time stops you're in a weird haze Mm-hmm. there's other people there and you can't even look at them because you see their dog jumping around and you're just like I can't oh, even yeah. like focus on that right now and you know they did it very respectfully um it was you know it wasn't a sterile cold room it had a couch and a big pillow for Aww. him to sit on and you know we brought him onto the couch of course because he loved couch time and you know they let us it wasn't like they jumped the gun either to be like you know, all right, it's time. Um, yeah, you know, they let us for about 20 minutes kind of hang out and get comfortable. And then, you know, one of the vets came in and we all kind of said our goodbye to him. And, you know, it's a very, it's painless for them. And they just kind of go to sleep. Yeah. And it was really hard to leave that room. I just remember thinking like, you know, as soon as I leave this room, I'm never going to see him again. And yeah. I think I, we, they told us take as much time as you want, but my mom and I were like, we cannot leave this room. And again, it took my dad to kind of be like, come on, like we have to go. Someone has to say this. I know you don't want to. And I think they carried him out first rather than us. Cause I thought, I don't want to just leave him in this room. Like that's so yeah. sad. And so instead, yeah. you know, they they took him and that was like the worst drive home <laughs> I have ever had. Um, I think I literally, I was so um, just like caught up in everything. I literally got home and I threw up because I was just like, wow. like hyperventilating in a way. And yeah. I had never felt that before, like gotten so upset that I threw up and my family was just like, are you okay? Like, and I was like, well, of course not. (laughs) I think I just went to bed and like, I remember too, my brother, for some reason, um, when he came down, I don't know why he had a pack of like handkerchiefs that he bought a while ago, but he had them on him and like gave one to me when we were at the vet. Cause you know, I'm sobbing and rather than having like a million tissues, you know, having a nice handkerchief is helpful and I still have that handkerchief like I leave it on my bedside table just as kind of not as like a at the time it was a sad reminder because I think with some forms of grief you almost want that sad reminder to Mm -hmm. make you feel that pain it's like a very odd masochistic thing of like you don't you want to try so hard not to forget them that you purposely leave something there to like give you that feeling my, I feel like my biggest fear after going through grief is always that I'm going to start forgetting them. And like the mm-hmm. little things, you know, like when, when it's with people, it's like, I don't want to forget their voice. And yeah. you you try to grasp on anything you can that reminds you of them, even though, you know, it's going to make it that much harder to like process things. But you're like, but this is a reminder of them. And like, that's what I need versus finding a, a more positive way to cope. And Luckily, I had the next two days off from work because I I needed that time to, like, just not talk to anyone. Yeah. And I remember thinking, too, like, this is so dramatic of me. It's not like 
I had a parent die. It was my pet, but I kept like thinking, but he was there like my entire life, yeah. you know, like from childhood until I grew up into an adult, like he was always there. Pets like in general are a source of comfort. You know, they, they don't talk back to you <laughs> and they, <laughs> they provide you that unconditional love. And so having that just like ripped out of my life, even though it was like the most, I don't like to use this word really. It was in a way the most ideal death for him. Mm -hmm. You know, we had him for 16 years, which is a crazy amount of time for a dog. Like that is a very long time. We yeah. were lucky enough to be able to afford changes in his diet or the medicine we needed to keep him comfortable. And then we were able to come together as a family all together comfortably to see him pass. All of it is what you want you know, versus the other possibilities of like your, your pet dies in an accident or they die very yeah. young or, and I was still so upset, even though I was like, this is the way life goes. You're not the only one who's lost a pet, like get over yourself. Like I had those thoughts running through my mind and then thinking about, you know, you need to go back to work. You can't have this pity party. Like it's a pet. You need to move on. But I couldn't. And I told myself, well, well, do I really need to? Like, why can't I be upset about this? And yeah, I think one of the best things that helped me in those next few days was that I went through my entire phone's camera roll and I created a folder that just was photos and videos of Tiger. And I looked through all of them and like doing that actually made me smile. And I think, I don't know, it might be some pseudoscience to this there might be some truth in this but getting yourself to smile or laugh while you're grieving I think is very important to kind of like resetting your brain in a way because yeah. it's so easy otherwise to just fall into either the anger or the sadness um, but when especially when you're with loved ones who are going through the same grief and you get the chance to laugh and smile with them about, you know, reminiscing about past moments. It's almost refreshing in a way. It's like, you all know this sucks and this is horrible, but at least like we can all just like laugh together and um, talk about, you know, certain funny moments we remember. Cause we had plenty of stories with tiger. Like he was just a constant source of entertainment for our family. And you know, I remember going into work and trying to, at the time, well, Allie and I worked together and um, yeah, doing your customer service voice when you're like, my dog just died. <laughs> yeah. Have a great day. It's just, oh, it's a different level of pain in customer service, but. Oh gosh. Yeah. But it's the case of, you know, it's been about three years now and I still think about him like honestly every day, like there's always yeah. a little something. And before the reminders used to really hurt, like seeing his old toys around um, or I had certain habits where um, like if I ever dropped chocolate, I would be like, oh, where's the chocolate? Like immediately find it because he was so little that I was afraid like, you know, a chocolate chip's going to yeah. kill him. And so I still have those weird habits. And like before it used to make me upset, like all the little things I would do or see to the point where I was like, do we need to hide this? Do we need to put it away? Like, is this is bad for mm -hmm. us? But then also the thought of putting it away seemed disrespectful almost of like, you can't just shut him out and move on. Like, so that was a weird thing to grapple with. And it's that horrible thing of like, with grief, a lot of ways to handle it is time which is what no one wants to hear that like well time mm -hmm. will heal all wounds and I don't totally believe that I don't I think yeah. 
certain wounds are meant to be there. You know, we do have certain scars and we're not supposed to be like ashamed of them really. Um, but I think time does help clear your mind or give a little more perspective or give you the chance to process things that, you know, in the heat of the moment, you couldn't, you know, you were just trying to do whatever you can to like get to the next minute, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, the bond that we build with our pets is, is a really big deal. Like it, I mean, for some people, like, you know, they call themselves a dog mom because it's like, no, this mm-hmm. is my, this is the, the thing that I'm going to be taking care of. This is the thing that I'm like mothering and, and loving. And especially when you grow up with a pet and you have all of those memories and so much of your identity, I think gets tied into this being who really is a member of your family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's totally real. Yeah. I mean, I think about like, sometimes he was the reason I got out of the house, you know, it's like, oh, I got to mm-hmm. take the dog on the walk or something. And you're like, you know, once you get out there, you're like, yeah, this is good. I needed to do this. Whereas if he wasn't there, why I, why would I go out there? You know, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Like, am I going to take myself on a walk? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's super awkward. <laughs> I've done that. I'm like, yep, I'm just on a walk. <laughs> yeah. You're like, here's the, oh, you can't see my earbuds. I'm, I'm listening to something. I'm not just wandering. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, so we, we have a dog who is gigantic and, uh, we got him at five years old. So we're, we know mm-hmm. we're not going to have that much time with him. And it's, sucks because we love this and it was so funny because like um drew was like oh we're gonna put like a financial limit on like how much we're gonna spend on this dog and then <laughs> after think? yeah i know <laughs> like after a year it was like limits gone like i will die for this animal exactly like, yeah. it was like i would take down any person to save this animal yeah yeah it's so it changes weird. you all of a sudden yeah. like yeah, you get so protective of them. They're like the world to you. They're the cutest thing ever, even though they do yeah. things that annoy you. You find a way to justify it. And oh yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. they 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 get into your lives and then like the best way possible. Um yeah. but yeah, it makes it that much harder, of course. Exactly. Like, you know, any any loss that you have, you know that yeah, the more you're around them, the more you love them, like it's that much harder to finally let go, even though, you know, you know, you should, you really don't want to. And, oh, and another thing, um, I'll give props to my dad again, because I was resistant to him the whole time, of course, because it's, here's this mm-hmm. person telling us like, we need to do this and I don't want to. And yeah, the next day he literally said like, get up, we're going to brunch. Oh, wow. And I was like, no. I don't want to do that. Leave me alone. Like I want to lay in my bed and cry all day. And we all went. And it was another thing where I almost needed that in a way, like something kind of normal. Mm-hmm. And that brought the family together again. And like, I was upset the whole brunch and like wanted to cry over my pancakes, but it's like, it was kind of like some triage that he like quickly did being like, we need this right now. Like you can go home and cry later, but like, we got to like stay together as a family in a sense. And yeah, that 
that was definitely helpful, even though at the time I wouldn't have said that. I would have been like, no, yeah. leave me alone. Yeah. I had um, this cat that was like my cat. And I loved this thing. It was like, he was just the best animal ever. I mean, I, every, once I came home from work or school or whatever, he was like right at the door, super loving. He was like one of those cats that's like a dog. and yeah and he got sick but we didn't realize it until one day he like looked at me and gave me this like really long sad meow and I like looked at him and I was like are you okay and we took him in I totally thought they were gonna be like here's some antibiotics Mm -hmm. and they called me and they're like yeah his his kidneys are failing wow he's yeah he's not okay and I went back into the vet and I was like petting him and they said we just want you to come in you know spend some time with him because he's obviously like not happy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um but yeah so eventually I decided to there was no there was like no option it was like he's you could put him on kitty dialysis and he would just be gone within six months rather than you know, a couple weeks. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is not a life. And um, so, but this, I, I don't know if this worked out for better or for worse, but I put him down on the way to the airport. And then hmm. I got on a plane and flew to Europe <laughs> because I had like, wow. a, and I was planning to go to Europe. So it wasn't like a Oh, <laughs> treat myself to it. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to buy a ticket to France. I yeah. deserve this. Yeah. Um, but I had already had this like trip planned. And so this was all happening so fast and like literally like went to the vet on my way to be driven to the airport. Wow. And I was like, I am not processing this. <laughs> like, This is not good. And it really, I didn't really mourn until I got home from Mm -hmm. the trip, which was two weeks later. And it was just so weird because I was like, now I I came home and like, he was just, it was weird. It was just such a weird feeling to walk into the house and know like, okay, there's this little being that was, you know, my little buddy and they're gone. And yeah, yeah, it was crazy. You know, that just... I can't believe I forgot this. That unlocked a memory. Similar thing was that I had a trip planned to Tahoe. Like, I think that weekend after or maybe the other, I don't know, some pretty close to that. And I remember that same exact feeling, you know, on a trip, you're, yeah, of course they're not there because you think, oh, they're back at home. And yeah, I remember coming back and just, yeah, the emptiness that you feel yeah. of like, you know, your pet should be coming up running up to you or you should you know look over and there they are on the couch or something and yeah it was like a delayed grief in a way of mm-hmm. I had I pushed it all away thought about why well, I want to go on this trip still um and yeah coming back it was like well I thought I was all right but yeah <laughs> the floodgates have opened yeah um I think like some people do find comfort in like getting another animal pretty soon after Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, what did you feel? Did you make a decision regarding that or? Yes. Um, so we as a family knew that we weren't ready to get another pet. 
Um, yeah. I think I've had um, several friends who that response has been the right thing for them or they already had two pets. Um, so when they lost one, they still had the comfort of the other and the, you know, they could kind of grieve together because I think those pets feel that loss too. Yeah. Um, and for them, they say that was the best way to get through it is that they had another pet. Um, you know, for us, we never considered getting another dog while we had Tiger because he wasn't really a fan. He didn't want to share basically his people. <laughs> um, and then yeah, afterwards, as empty as it felt for us, it felt wrong to just go get another pet. Um, I, I definitely had those thoughts of like, well, we can't replace him. And I'm not saying that people who do, do who do go get another pet are replacing their pet. Um, because I mean, bottom line is that you're never replacing them. Um, you're just yeah. kind of like opening up a new, I think, place in your life and your heart for someone else or something else. And, um, but I couldn't get away from those feelings. Also, I just knew um, if my family were to get another dog, it, it would be a Yorkie um, just because mm. it, it, he fits so well in our lives. And um, I wasn't ready to see another Yorkie in the house yeah. um, that I think would have, you know, as much as I would have, loved whatever Yorkie puppy came into our house it also would have hurt to see it and think about all the comparisons um and at this point um I would say I'm ready to get another dog uh, or a pet um but yeah it's that case of like my parents were the one to get tigered I don't even know how to go about getting pets you know of course you can go to an animal yeah. shelter and um but Yorkies you don't typically find at an animal shelter. And yeah. um, not that I'm a big like proponent of like, you know, certain ways people breed animals. There's a whole nother issue. Um, and Tiger wasn't like an award-winning, you know, Yorkie show dog or anything. We're not, we're not looking yeah. for that, but that definitely was the breed that fit best into our life. And like my mom absolutely adores Yorkies. Like we send each other on Instagram, like Yorkie puppies all the time. And Aww. so I think in the future, um, I can see my parents ending up with another Yorkie for myself. Um, I can see myself with a lot of different breeds, um, but probably a smaller dog. Um, I love big dogs which is weird for me to say is because as a five-year-old I would have been like ah! but um it's the case of like um you know how some people always like to be ants but not have their own kids it's kind of like for me I like to be an ant to a big dog but I don't want a big dog because <laughs> I am a small person and big dogs can easily like run me over um so yeah. someday I think I can see myself with another little puppy um yeah, yeah. I, I've gotten to that point but yeah, I mean, I would say to people, like, by no means am I, like, shaming the, you know, oh, I got another pet right after my dog died. Like, that's what some people need. Um, yeah. And they're able to frame things differently in their mind. To them, it's not that, oh, I'm replacing them. They already can grapple with that, whereas my mind wasn't ready to do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For me, like, I really wanted to get another cat like immediately after I was mm -hmm. like yep I'm ready to I'm ready for a kitten but it was just like a total logistical thing of like I didn't know where I would be living and if 
I would move into a place that couldn't have animals and like all that stuff. And I was traveling a bunch and yeah. So it was like, well, okay, I'll wait. And then the way we ended up with our dog was we went looking for a cat and (laughs) (laughs) we ended up with a 75 pound Yep. Yeah, I've heard that story before, actually, several times. Somehow, yeah, yeah dogs can wiggle their way in. <laughs> yeah, like we looked at him and we were like, all right, you're coming home. <laughs> uh, big dogs are, I totally agree, too. Like, I think when you said, like, you were, you'll get a small dog, like, I had no idea. I had never owned a dog before and we just do- dove right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but like I I I look at him and I'm like what am I gonna do without you like mm-hmm. I can't imagine you know not having my my fluffy guy in my life yeah yeah how do you think I mean so going back to when that one that was like oh well we can put him down today if you want like I was really fortunate in that when I did put my cat down, it was like very gently brought up. I knew I had plenty of time. Mm -hmm. I knew, you know, what my options were. And I think that vet did a really good job. Um, But how do you think people can kind of, or vets especially, can like do a good job of kind of broaching that topic and also just being really gentle in that process? Yeah. Um, you know, cause yeah, I'm not someone who likes to like beat around the bush exactly. And especially when talking about grief, I do like to be very upfront because it is, as you've, I'm sure talked about millions of times, it's a taboo subject to a lot of people and they feel like they're walking yeah. on eggshells when they mention anything, especially when they talk about the deceased, they're like so afraid of saying the wrong thing, which I completely understand. It's, it's scary yeah. to like approach someone, um, and talk about death, but yeah, still the way she said that caught me really off guard because I felt like he still had such a fighting chance. And so I, mm-hmm. I think I wish she would have kind of better presented all the options and then said something about, you know, when you feel the time is right, um, we can also talk to you about um, like euthanasia options or how you would like to go about um, his passing rather than like, we can do it today. As in, it's like, you're at the dentist. They're like, sure, I've got time. Let's do your filling now. And I'm like, (laughs) so yeah, just wording it a little differently in the sense of like, don't jump straight to that conclusion. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what made her say that. And I mean, otherwise she was a a good vet, you know, she did tell us, talk to us about the x-ray and things, but yeah, that, threw me way off guard, especially when he was like, I know this sounds so weird, but he was in the room with us, you know, and we're like talking yeah. about, it's like, like, I know he's not a person and he's not going to understand, but it was like, he's right there. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. But the people at the other clinic we went to, which is like, you know, an emergency vet clinic, they were all super respectful about it. The, the guy we talked to about his cancer results was very helpful in explaining kind of what that meant for him, what the progression would be like, what medicine would be like. And having someone while you're, I guess you're kind of grieving at that point, even though your animal hasn't passed, you're, you're getting ready that like preemptive grieving, um, 
having someone there to help you guide you through those decisions who's very calm and collected and mm. you know d- they don't have a personal agenda of like yeah you should do this instead they they let you come to the conclusion i remember he actually said to us like i'm going to step out for about 5 minutes if you guys want to talk and then oh, wow, i'll come back and you know let me know if you have a decision or if not we'll talk at another time and so that was actually really nice um because like yeah one of my biggest pet peeves is like going to a doctor or a vet who just tells you this is what it is this is what you're going to do here's the prescription bye bye and you don't have any chance to like talk about it or have your say in it and so mm-hmm. yeah just like as simple as it sounds just a little bit more like understanding and empathy it goes a really long way <laughs> yeah i totally agree i think we've all been there where a doctor or somebody has been like oh here you go i did my job and then you know you're left like with the prescription or whatever just like okay I guess you're I... sitting on that crinkly paper in your gown yeah. like oh my <laughs> like is my butt out and you're just like um this is a weird moment for me I feel really vulnerable but feel very bye. vulnerable <laughs> and it was great to see you for five minutes <laughs> that was yeah. really full helpful coat, for me fully dressed and I'm <laughs> just hanging out cool Oh my gosh. Ah, that's the worst. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think this is really great because I do think this is like a totally valid form of grief that people experience all the time. And, you know, there is this feeling of like, I shouldn't be that sad. It's just Mm -hmm. an animal. And it's like, no, this animal has a huge part in your life. And it's okay to take the time or to cry or to break down or to maybe not have the peppiest customer service voice mm-hmm. when you're, you're in the midst of it. Yeah, there's, and I am like, is there a lot of stigma? Is a lot of self-imposed stigma? I don't know. But, you know, to, I would say to anyone who's either, you know, facing this sort of decision, currently going through it or, you know, will in the future, sadly, um, yeah, let yourself cry. Like, I'm a big proponent of that these days, you know, younger me would have been like, no, you can't cry. But if you're feeling it, you just, yeah, you have to let it out. And they are important to you. And there's no reason you need to downplay that. I mean, if your goldfish dies and you're upset about it, like, you you should cry about it if that's what you feel. Like, I know some people might think that's silly of like, it was a goldfish. But I mean, these pets bring so much comfort to us. And they're usually like a daily reminder of, you know, everything's probably going to be okay. Or, you know, at least I can come to you and you're not going to judge me, you know? Yeah. So of course we, we're grieving that we're grieving that comfort, that love that we got. And, you know, when it's taken out of your life, of course it's painful. Um, So yeah, don't, don't be afraid to grieve. And to those people who are like, well, it was just a pet. I mean, once you lose a pet, you totally get it. And I do. Yeah, of course, I don't want people to feel that and to know that feeling. But I think it's definitely allowed. And okay to feel that way. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to to share your story and to just chat about this. I think it'll be really helpful. Yeah, of course. You know, it's like, it's, it's one of those things where talking about it, it brings up old memories, but 
it's it's also a celebration of him and you know if anyone can find comfort in this or a little more guidance about how am I going to deal with this you know I'm, I'm happy to share it and pets are still worth it it's totally. sad fact of life we're going to lose them but they are 100% worth it yeah and I think there's another side to this too where like I just in my grief like found a lot of comfort in my pet like having mm-hmm. our dogs like that brought me a ton of comfort and so yeah I think they're they're just these magical little creatures that we get to live with mm-hmm. it's really nice yep I agree I just wish we knew what they could, were saying <laughs> <laughs> so, you know so sometimes bad. I wish that and other times I was like you know what we don't we don't need to have to have that it's going to make things really confusing oh there's so many times I look at our dog and I'm like what are you thinking what is what going you, on in your mind going on in your mind oh my gosh so funny cool well thank you so much again for sharing um and thank you all so much for listening if you'd like to follow along you can follow us at morning dove pod on instagram and then if you have a story or an insight to share you can also email me at allyrosefelker at gmail.com and you can also find me on instagram at allyrosefelker thank you all so much for listening and i hope you have a beautiful day